0: To Psychology NCERT, Class 11th and 12th, with Dr. Kavita Bhargav. Greetings of the day to all my lovable listeners. I'm back again after a break of 3 weeks or 4 weeks, I can say. It's not easy to continue and persist. Thank you to all my listeners who constantly made sure that I am back on track with new episode. This episode is very specially dedicated to Shamayta Sarkar. She made sure to write a long note to me about continuing my creation of the podcast. Thank you, Shamayta, And also to a guy on Instagram by the name Believer.B7. I do not know his name, but thank you to you also. You two guys really pushed me to start the journey once again. So thank you, my dear listeners, for being there and also for encouraging me to keep on creating new episodes. I'm looking forward to wind up these two classes, course soon because you know there's so many things that i'm tied up into these days like um, a number of workshops that keep going the recent one which is coming up uh, tomorrow is soul group constellations then inner child self-work program is there We have a number of clinical hypnotherapy classes which are a regular feature each month. So, you know, with the lockdown, then the quarantine, this corona situation, what is happening is, you know, everything has gone online. And that's a blessing in disguise because now we are in touch with people, so many people whom we couldn't get in touch earlier with. So now, you know, initially, if we had four to five participants sitting in our workshops or 10 participants, now we have 25 participants. So the work is increasing. I'm glad that through my listeners, I'm getting a number of clients also. So it's like a regular online work, hypnotherapy online, counseling sessions online, psychometric testing online, and I'm thoroughly enjoying this journey. So in that, procedure you know of all this work it becomes really difficult without any motivation to persist this class 11th and 12th thing but no uh, i've learned my lesson i shall keep it at my target list to finish it off sooner probably in september i'm planning to take an off from almost everything so work will be reduced and um, i'm hoping that i will wind up at least class 12th syllabus Hello everyone, I am Dr. Kavitha Bhargav, your uh, trainer for class 11th and 12th over this podcast. I am a practicing clinical hypnotherapist and now a podcaster. I am also a trainer for clinical hypnotherapy and various other workshops. For more details on the workshops, you can consider checking in my website k p s y c h Services s e r v i c e s dot co in and the recent one is www dot healing dot com so you can keep yourself posted in this episode I'm going to talk about the self and personality under self and personality the topics the ideas that I'm going to cover is self and personality. Concept of self, cognitive and behavioral aspect of self, culture and self, concept of personality, and major approaches to the study of personality. In this topic, you can get answers to questions like define self, what is personal identity, give one example of personal identity, define social identity. Give one example of social identity. How you will notice the first elements of self. Give example. Define personal self. What is social self? Which kind of self values families? Why social self is also called as relational self? Define self-concept. What is self-esteem? Core areas in which children by the age of 6 to 7 seem to have formed self-esteem. What do you mean by an overall sense of self-esteem? What do you mean by self-regulation? Which kind of people are high on self-monitoring? Define self-control. Give example of Indian cultural tradition that provides for developing self-control. Mention one difference between the Indian and the Western views regarding self. What is the Indian view of self? Mention one example of Western culture and Asian culture, which means one characteristics of each. Define personality in terms of psychological terms. Mention some catchwords that are often used to describe personalities. What characterizes a person's personality? Define temperament. What is a trait? Define the term disposition. Define character. Define habit. Define the term values. What is type approach to personality? What do you mean by trait approach to personality? These are all one markers. From the short answer type questions, you will find the answers to What is self? How does the Indian notion of self differ from the Western notion? What is meant by delay of gratification? Why is it considered important for adult development? Or what is self-control? Briefly explain some psychological techniques of self-control. How do you define personality? What are the main approaches to the study of personality? Now, let's quickly move to the first key idea of this episode. The first one is self and personality. Under this section in your NCRT, just a small introduction about self and personality is given. Self and personality refer to the characteristic ways in which we define our existence. They also refer to the ways in which our experiences are organized and show up in our behavior. Now, we know that if there is a person who is uh, born and brought up in Indian culture and there is another person who is born and brought up in the Western culture. Now, these two will be different personalities. Just like the fingerprints, the tongue prints are not same, our personalities and self cannot be the same. So the ideas that represent the self to a person, which means how you are holding the ideas about your own self, they form the self of a person. While the characteristic, a relatively stable pattern of behavior represents the personality. So different people having different characteristics, different behaviors over a particular span of time, which are relatively stable, that forms the personality of the person. Like the difference is the idea that I carry about my own self forms myself. But the idea which is visible, the characteristic traits that are visible to the other people that are stable, that are relatively stable are called the personality thing. Okay, that is the difference between the two. Coming to the next key idea, which is the concept of the self. Under this section, we'll learn about how we develop some ideas about ourselves. Although we may be aware of it, we may not be aware of it. So, there are certain questions that lead us into the development of our own self or to explore ourselves. The questions are, how easy was it for you to complete the sentences mentioned below? Sentences are, I am. And now start writing, keep on writing I am so and so and so, I am so so so, I am so so so. This is where you understand who you are as per your understanding. So how easy was it for you to answer these questions? How much time did you actually take to answer these statements? Initially, it may not be easy but later on when you start describing yourself, You become aware of your being, yourself, in the same way that you're aware about other situations, other environmental factors, like the table, the chair, the furniture, or a newborn baby who has no idea about himself. So slowly, like this, we grow, we emerge. And the spirituality, the spiritual sciences, they lead us ahead into all this. You listen to your parents, your friends, your ideals your teachers, all those whatever they are saying about you these form up your own idea about yourself generally our interaction with other people, our experiences, the meaning we give to everything that we experience in life all this form the basis of our self. We can modify the self using our experiences or the seer if you go back to the theory of mind that little bit that I explained in the initial episodes the seer forms the self. Seer is social, economic, educational, the exposure part of it and religious basis. This forms your self or your being. Now, the attributes that I make help us identify the self are social, cultural identities and a personal identity. Now, let's understand what is personal identity. Now, these are the attributes of a person that make him or her, different from others. What is it? One or two characteristics that describes me as compared to others. That is my personal identity. This could be my potential, my caliber, my capabilities, my belief system, whether I'm a believer, atheist or a non atheist, Or what is my uh, determination? All these traits would define my personal identity. My name, Kavita, okay? If I talk about social identity, then social identity refers to those aspects of a person that link him or her to a social or cultural group. Or I derive from it like when I say, I am Dr. Kavita Bhargav. If If I look at these three words, then doctor signifies my academic qualification, Kavita is my personal identity. Dr. Kavita is my personal identity, suggesting that, okay, I am a PhD in psychology and I look into the practice part of it, being a human being. Okay. Bharga when I add to it, that means this suggests I am a Brahmin. I am from a Hindu family. My background is that, my cultural setup is that. So, that, forms the social identity. Where am I coming from? The surname is the social identities that we carry around us. They indicate who we are, what we are, which culture we are coming from, what are our belief systems on a broader aspect. Like if I put Bhargav, and people who don't know me, they would know, okay, she is a Brahmin from an Indian family, Indian Hindu family. And this is her culture. But when they would know me personally by the name Kavita and Dr. Kavita in particular, they would understand okay, this is the exact difference between this Bhargav Kavita and the other Bhargav Kavitas or any other person. Okay? Because that forms my personal identity. Now, if we look at these two descriptions, then this is how we mentally represent a person. Thus, I can say clearly that the self refers to the totality of an individual's conscious experiences, ideas, thoughts and feelings with regard to himself or herself. These experiences and ideas define the existence of an individual both at the personal as well as at the social levels. The next idea is Self as a subject and self as an object. Just like in English language, we have subject and predicate and object. Similarly, we can look at self as a subject as well as as an object. When I say I am a dancer, when I say I am one who gets easily hurt, these two statements clearly describe self as a subject initially and later as the object subject is who does something someone who is doing something that's the description of self as subject like when i say i am a dancer i am a singer i am a podcaster i am a practicing clinical hypnotherapist all these are subject when i'm looking myself as a subject when i say i get easily hurt or I need motivation to make podcast. or I am the one who looks after the management of case-like services, or I am the one who is responsible for bringing in clinical hypnotherapy in the state of Rajasthan, then I am looking myself as an object which suggest someone who gets easily affected, okay? I am who I am, is the knower self. Someone who knows. Actor. Subject is the one who acts. While I am a known personality, or this is where an object or the consequence of the story is seen. I did something and now this is the consequence of it. I started preparing podcast. That is me as an actor, me as a subject. The consequence was people started giving me the feedbacks. Or the feed-forwards, I can say. They started encouraging me to make more. This became the consequence of something that I started initially. That's self as an object, okay? Someone who gets observed and comes to be known. That's object. Now, let's take another key idea. Kinds of self. Now There are various kinds of self that we know about. This occurs because of the interactions with our physical as well as socio-cultural environments. The baby, when the baby is born, he has no other emotion but just a cry. So, whenever he is crying, the people understand that the baby is hungry for the milk. Although the baby can be crying because of the stomachache but we understand the baby is hungry feed her or feed him right so that's how slowly when we understand okay oh, when i cry people give me food now this develops your awareness that you are hungry that's the biological self in context of socio-cultural environment that keeps modifying itself the personal self is the next concept Personal self is something that leads to an orientation in which one feels primarily concerned with oneself. Slowly, when the biological self, like when the child is growing up, he understands this is what I like now, this is what I do not like. So, from here, from once the biological self is settled and the child is developing, slowly. The psychological and social needs in the context of his or our environment lead other components of personal self to emerge, which is like responsibility, freedom, personal choices, responsibilities, achievements and personal comfort. When the baby is growing slowly, now the biological self is left behind where the parents or others were looking at the cries and i labeling, okay, this is what the need is, biological self is. After this need, when I'm developing myself, now my likes, dislikes will start up. And slowly, when I go to the school, my identity is something that I keep looking forward to. Who am I? Which which is my rank? Which is my group? Where am I sitting? You know, rankers have a separate group. Others, backbenchers have a separate group. We are constantly forming our personal self. The next is the social self. This emerges later in relation with others and emphasizes aspects of life such as cooperation, unity, affiliation, sacrifice, support or sharing. Later on when you know, okay, since I want to be a ranker, I have to go and sit with the rankers in the group. Slowly, when you are a part of that group, of that rankers ka group, then comes another few aspects of your life which are you cooperate you get affiliation you get support and you have to share this forms your social identity or the social self now now this self values family as well as social relationships hence the social self is also known as familial or relational self where i have found my identity my personal self And now, I've moved ahead with my relational self, where I can relate to other people, my social self. So, three self we learned here, the biological self, which is developing in the initial childhood days, infancy, toddler time. Then, the personal self develops and when the personal self is almost developed, the social self emerges. The next key idea now is the cognitive and the behavioral aspect of self. We cling to our personal and social identities and feel safe in the knowledge that it remains stable in our lifetime. You may find some people saying, others change, I don't change, I remember them the same. So that's your personal self saying, okay, I am the one. Who remembers everyone? Of course, you're looking at yourself as an object. Okay? But others change. That's, you know, a difference between personal self and others. And slowly, the way we perceive ourselves and the ideas about our competencies, our attributes, all this forms the self-concept. Of course, that's a result of the previous descriptions of self that I just did. Later on, the next concept comes is self-concept at a very general level this view of oneself is either positive or negative when it is more specific then a person may have a positive view of himself or herself as a person who is a player a volleyball player or the captain or a very negative view saying i have a very low academic talent i don't achieve success in academic i am a failure positive self concept may lead to your increase, enhance in reading abilities. But a negative one will lead to a disaster in your life. Finding out oneself's self-concept is not easy. What we keep on asking the questions like who we are, what we are doing, where we are, all these questions, they keep on developing yourself. So we have a self-concept questionnaire in class 12 itself, I guess, through which you can understand about your self-concept more the second concept under this topic is self-esteem. Now what is self-esteem? It is a judgment about our own value or worth. Some people may have low self-esteem while others can have a high self-esteem. Some people may say I'm very good at doing math i'm I'm very good at doing the homework. I'm very um, good at um, talking. How are we found uh, forming all this? We are forming all these notions about ourselves by comparing ourselves to someone else. So, self-esteem is something where you are comparing yourself with others. Studies indicate that by the age of 6 to 7 years, children seem to have formed self-esteem at least in 4 areas. What are these 4 areas? Academic competence, social competence, physical or athletic competence and physical appearance which become more refined with age. So, here in self-esteem, we form an identity of ourselves vis-à-vis others, the people around us, how they are behaving. And then we see, are we good at it? Are we bad at it? The high or the low self-esteem develop. So, children with high academic self-esteem will perform better in schools, while children having high self-esteem in sports will develop better in sports. On the other hand, children who have low self-esteem will have examination anxiety or depression or increasing antisocial behaviors. Let's understand the next concept under this heading. It is self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is another important aspect of self. Here, we understand how much control do we have upon the outcomes of our life? How much control do we get? Is it by luck? Or by fate or other situational factors that are giving us good results. Like for example, if I am studying good, do I get good results? If I am playing well, do I get good trophies? If I speak well in speeches or debates, am I the one who is getting the top ranks or the trophies? So this notion of self-efficacy is based on Bandura's social learning theory. Bandura showed The children and adults learned behavior by observing and imitating others. So people's expectation of mastery or achievement and their convictions about their own effectiveness also determine the types of behavior in which they would engage as also the amount of risk they would undertake. People who have strong sense of self-efficacy allows themselves to select influence and even construct the circumstances of their own life. So people with a strong sense of self-efficacy also feel less fearful. Now imagine a day I um, decided to create podcast. If I did not have good self-efficacy, I won't have reached the state where people are here who are asking for more episodes. I would have been fearful and stopped it all. So that is where importance of self-efficacy comes in we control our own life our own choices are there and i'm the one who lived the life till now i have lived my life based upon my own choices because i had high self-efficacy people who have good self-efficacy they can stop smoking any moment they decide to what helps develop self-efficacy is our own positive experiences with our parents with our role models with our teachers, the experiences of life. The next concept is self-regulation. Self-regulation is our own ability to organize and monitor our own behavior. That suggests how much willpower do you have? So Remember, you know, no matter how much hard you try, the willpower would remain the facet of the conscious mind. You know, the subconscious mind is set it knows this is the pattern and I'm very comfortable with this. It doesn't have the willpower to change it all. The conscious mind wants to change the life that you are living. So consciously using your willpower, you can change your destiny any day. Believe me. For that, you need high self-control and behind high self-control is the willpower. There are certain people in life who have delay. Or defer the gratification of need. They learn to do that. How? Like with me, what happened was, uh, I I wanted certain things in my life. And my mom always, you know, put a challenge to me. Like in my 10th, she gave a challenge that, okay, if out of these many cousins, three cousins were there, three of us, who were sitting in the 10th examinations. She, say, she says, uh, she told me that um, if you your marks come... Better than the, these two. Then I will give you a scooty. So I got TVS scooty in those days. Uh, it was a good thing, you know. So till then, I used to travel to school in temples. That was a delay of gratification. She could have give, given me immediately. But no, I had to earn it. Uh, in my 12th, the computer was offered to me as a challenge. Like if I get uh, 70% and above, in those days, 70% was a good thing. So if if I get that, then um, I'll have a computer. So after my twelfth, this is how I earned for it. I got the computer. That was delay in gratification. That's how I learned how to control myself. The self control kept on increasing. The delay of gratification helps in self control. In my graduation, mean you know, three years of graduation without a mobile. The shirt was the challenge was if I come into the top three rank in the college, then. I will get a mobile. So I got N17. N17 those days, that was a very big thing. Mobile of my choice. Okay. So three years. So hard work again. In my uh, masters, now the challenge was if you top the university, Kavita, you get a laptop. And of course, I knew what I have to do for it. I earned the laptop. Yes, I got the gold medal in university. Masters. That was a separate university now. Not even in my city age, that was in Jaipur now. After all that, now my mom understood (laughs) that Kavitha is not going to, you know, let it go easily. So now the challenge, I was telling her, if you want me to do my PhD, then put a challenge of car. And she didn't put a bet at all because she knew I would finish it off. So six years, I delayed my thing, you know. Uh, I, I did something, then I waited, then I did something else, I waited again. Because by this time, I had this habit of earning things like this. So finally, when she understood that six years, she is uh, just uh, wasted like this with the PhD thing. Of course, I was doing other things also, other work also. But then this was getting delayed. So finally, she says, okay, Kavita, done. I'll give you the card. And um, if you finish your PhD on time, perfect. Only this was the challenge. And I, for three months, I was completely inside my room. Working upon the PhD, there were days when my brother would order pizza for me. I was in Jaipur in those days and I would sit and write, sit and write. Day and night, I didn't know when it was 7 o'clock in the morning, when it was 4 in the afternoon, in the evening. That was the passion. Within three months, I got my PhD finalized and the thesis written, published. That's how the self-control, you know, the delay of gratification started coming in. And yes, I got my first card. After my PhD submission in the Viva thing, I got my I ten. So you can teach your children to earn by delay of gratification. This also helps in self-control. A number of psychological techniques are also suggested for self-control development. These are observing own behavior, self-instruction, instruct yourself, tell yourself, this is not right, this is the way you have to behave, this is what you have to do. Self-reinforcement, once you do something, reward yourself. Like, you know, if I would uh, write my thesis, I would, you know, if I finish one chapter of my thesis, I would uh, reward myself with the pizza. Otherwise, I wouldn't even have the pizzas. My brother used to order food from outside because I was away. Nobody was there to look after me, but I was completely into my thesis. So how you have to develop self-control? Number one, observe your own behavior. Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it a time to change or strengthen it? Instruct yourself. This is what I have to do. And once you do it and you are effective enough, reinforce yourself. By these three things, self-control develops very quickly. The next is culture and self. <laughs> On a lighter note, I guess, uh, I guess now I need my mom to put a challenge for finishing the podcast episodes. This is not happening otherwise. <laughs> I need something in return. <laughs> so, I guess I have to do this now. Let's see who who takes the challenge. Let's see. Okay, the next is Culture and self. So, the most important distinction between the Indian and the Western cultures is the Indian culture has shifting boundaries. At times, I am myself. At times, other will enter my boundary. While in Western culture, these are two separate boundaries. The individual holds its own or his own self about himself. And he knows these are my boundaries. And this is the boundary of the other person. While in Indian culture, you know, even if you like a girl, now the dada ji and the ji and the ji, everyone has to approve the girl. While in Western culture, you like a girl, you marry the girl. Simple. Okay. So, in Indian, they are, they are shifting boundaries. And it is explained very beautifully into the NCRT books of class 12. A complete diagram is there. Okay, let me see. I'll put this diagram in the group. So that it becomes easy for you not to just open the NCRT book and get lost in that process. So, I will uh, put this diagram in the NCRT class 11th and 12th Facebook group. The link for the group, uh, I'm sure you remember by now, is in the description of the episode. Okay, You can join the group and find the diagram there. So, in Indian culture, there is a harmonious coexistence. While in Western culture, it is more of individualistic in nature. So, we can call Indian Asian cultures as collectivistic while Western culture as individualistic in nature. Now, let's quickly jump to concept of personality. From here starts my forte. Personality is, if you look at the day-to-day discussion, then it has come from the word, Latin word, persona, which means the mask. That was used by the actors in Roman theatre for changing their facial makeup. So it's like, you know, uh, if you are meeting me and I'm meeting you for the very first time, you'll see a different persona of me. If my family is there, I have a different mask onto my face in front of them or I will be maskless. In front of our bosses, we are having a different persona. Okay, so that's how we do. But then, you know, mask keeps changing. But there is a basic personality which remains stable, which could be a mixture of physical as well as psychological characteristics. Physical or the external appearance as well as the internal traits of a person. How do we define personality? It refers to our characteristic ways of responding to individuals and source situations. Personality has unique and relatively stable quality. They have consistent, the personality defines consistent ways of behavior, thoughts and emotions. Okay, how do we respond to people and situations? And a certain quality which is unique to me, which is relatively stable, it may not change immediately and consistent ways of behaviors, thoughts and emotions. This forms my personality. Some people can be shy, some can be quiet, some can be aggressive, some can be talkative. Those are their unique and stable, relatively stable quantities, qualities that characterize their behavior. Now, it cannot be like one day one person is so timid and so shy and the other day immediately that person will be talkative. No. This timid and shy nature will continue for years. Maybe with much of effort, this person can be talkative, but that extreme of talkativeness may not happen immediately. So, it is relatively stable in nature. Briefly, if we, can, if we look into the features of personality, then it has both physical as well as psychological features, components to it. Psychological like uh, honesty or um, truthfulness, adaptability. These are co- psychological components. Physical is what is the height of the person, the facial features, etc. Second feature is, its is, its expression in terms of behavior is fairly unique in a given individual. Third, its main feature, features do not change easily with time. They are relatively stable. And the last is, it is dynamic in the sense that some of its features may change due to internal or external situational demands. Thus, we can say that personality is adaptive to situations. There are certain terms that are related to personality. These are temperament. Temperament, trait, disposition, character, habit and values. Temperament is the biologically based characteristic way of reacting. How will you react? Are you warm-blooded or cold-blooded? What is your general temperament? The behavior shows it. Okay, But it is coming from the biological characteristics. Trait, relatively stable, persistent and specific way of behaving. Disposition is the tendency of a person to react to a given situation in a particular way. What is the general tendency? Okay. Characteristic is the overall pattern of regularly occurring behavior. Overall, how is the character of a person? Habit is learned, over modes of behaving. Something that you do often, that becomes your habit. Values are the goals and ideals that are considered important and worthwhile to achieve. What do you value in life? Like if you look at Dandiji, then he valued non-violence. That became his major core trait also. In the coming episode, I'll be talking about that. Those are your values. Under major approaches to study personality, we'll be talking about three types of approaches. One is the type approach, second trait approach and third is the interactional approach. Type approach attempts to comprehend human personality by examining certain broad patterns in the observed behavioral characteristics of individuals. The type, the, the classification is there, proper classification. Okay. While in trait approach, individual traits are taken in, in consideration consistent and stay stable ways of behaving in front of other people. For example, like less shy, friendly, shyness and friendly. These two are the traits, one one single trait that the person has. The trait approach talks about these. So there are a number of theories in both the approaches. We'll be discussing those also. The last and the recent one is, you know, interactional approach that comes into play when we interact, when an individual interacts his or her environment or the situations he or she is in. So how in a particular manner would you behave? Like if you are sitting in a class and you're talking to your friend, there is no teacher, your behavior would be different. The moment the teacher will come in, your behavior will be different. And the moment the principal will come in, your behavior would entirely shift. That is interactional approach. From the next episode, we'll be discussing the type and trait and all these three approaches. Alright, so with this, we finish this episode let me quickly sum it up all for you in this episode we talked about self and personality concept of self cognitive and behavioral aspects of self culture and self concept of personality major approaches to the study of personality self is totality of an individual's conscious experiences ideas thoughts and feelings about himself or herself we also understood how How do we form self? Generally, it happens because of the surrounding people, parents, teachers, friends, etc. Self includes personal identity and social identity. Kinds of self we did later. We had biological self where I gave the example of a newborn's baby cry. Later on, he understands, oh, okay, this is hunger awareness to him when people feed him. Second was personal self. It is about self-orientation personal freedom, responsibility, comfort, etc. Then social self develops, which is other related. We give importance to others. We learn cooperation, unity, support, sharing. The social self, because of all this, is also called familial or relational self. We then understood self as a subject and object as a subject when self does something. I am a dancer. As an object, when self is being observed, I am someone who gets easily hurt. Then we understood the cognitive and behavioral aspects of life. In this, we understood self-concept. Self-concept is formed of self-perception, the competencies you have and the attributes. Self-esteem That is the value judgment about yourself vis-a-vis others in the society or in the environment. Self-efficacy is your self-belief of control over your own life. Self-regulation is developed with willpower. Willpower can be developed through self-monitoring, organizing and regulation of self. Self Self-control can be developed via observation, self-instruction and self-reinforcement. Willpower and self-control forms the elements of self-regulation. In culture and self, if I make it into a tabular form, at one end, dimensions, second column, Western, and the third, Indian. Then in dimension, I am writing first is boundaries between self and others. In Western culture, the boundaries are fixed. In Indian, Indian context, the boundaries are shifting. When I write dichotomy under the de- dimension, then in Western culture, the dichotomy is very clear between individual and nature self and others subjective and objective while in indian culture there are there is no clear dichotomy the third dimension is distance western may distance is maintained while in indian there is a harmonious coexistence nomenclature is the next dimension. We can call the Western culture as individualistic culture, while the Indian culture can be called as collectivistic culture. Personality was the next topic discussed. Personality comes from the Latin word persona that signifies the mask that the Roman theatre actors used. It can be defined as our characteristic ways of responding to individuals and situations. Personality has unique and relatively stable qualities. It also has consistent ways of behavior, thoughts and emotion. Features of personality It has physical appearances as well as psychological components, behavioral uniqueness. It is relatively stable while it is dynamic as well. Some features may change due to internal or external situational demand. Under major approaches to personality, we learnt about the three types of approaches. Type approach is the classification of personality. There is no overlap between the two types of personality. Under trait approach, we understood These are about building blocks of personality. Specific psychological attributes or behaviors are learned which is from the uniqueness for different individuals. Interactional approach is also called the situationalism where we change our aspects of personality depending upon the situation. So with this, I finish this episode. Thank you for pushing me into making more of episodes. Keep pushing me. I don't know about my mother, whether she'll put a challenge for this or not. But then for sure, your motivations or messages to create more of podcasts may lead to helping me in creating or finishing NCERT class 11th and 12th podcast definitely i'm i'm assuming and i'm been receiving the messages that these are really beneficial to all those people who cannot even afford the tuition fee and in situations like the corona situations it is easy for them there are many people who are binge watching the episodes, thank you for being there and should you want to learn more about different workshops that we do or if you want to enhance your professional practice, if you want to sit at home and earn a lot of money you can contact me by reaching out to me onto my Instagram page the page is in the name of Dr. Vitabhargav D R K A V I T A B H A R G A V A on Instagram. I also have a Facebook group for class 11th and 12th, the study group. Not now, but later I may start off. um, I'm planning to start off uh, one or two webinars where I can clarify your doubts based upon the episodes that I have covered or the chapters that I have covered. So you can join in that also. Those will be again free. But then beyond that, if you are looking forward to professional help or professional services or enhancing your own knowledge and earning capabilities then there are different professional courses that we offer so thank you i'll see you with the next episode very soon till then keep safe happy learning happy healing sayonara